Welcome to That's Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Cece Calbanero, and I'll be sharing stories of miracles, God moments, and unpacking the truth behind what joy truly means. My friend, when God gives you a direct call on your life, be sure to answer it. Here's to answering my call together. Happy, happy Monday. That's Joy Fam. I am so happy that you are plugging in today because we have a special guest in the house. But if you're new around here, you might not know. My name is Cece and this is That's Joy. Welcome. I'm so happy that you found and stumbled across this podcast. Man, we love kicking off every episode with a little joyful noise. And by the way, you could submit your own joyful noise to me via text whenever it comes across uh, your world. And I would love to hear about the good things that are happening in your life. But joyful noise is exactly that. It's what are the good things that are happening? Let's highlight way more of that. So I believe that when this episode drops, y'all... Drum roll, please. Pumpkin spice is back. I know you were not expecting that, but truth be told, I am pretty basic to my core and I have been looking forward to pumpkin spice season for a handful of weeks now. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, where it is hot and humid. And uh, while I do enjoy the summer months so much, I truly enjoy every season so much. There is something special about the fall that really tugs on your girl's heartstrings in a way that no other season does. So as we look forward to these next couple weeks and months, man, I just pray that we are so, so present where our feet are and that we could soak in every moment because as we know, the fall goes by just so swiftly and quickly. And so um, I just want us to be that much more intentional and if you love pumpkin spice, then go grab a cup. Sources be told that it drops August 26th. So by the time this episode is out, it should be out. Anyhow, today we are bringing on a very special guest who I feel very honored and privileged to share with y'all. She is an author, she's a speaker, she's a pastor, she's a mama and a wife, and I actually stumbled across one of her videos, I believe on my Explore page, which is crazy, and she was highlighted on Better Together TV. So this woman is making absolute waves for the kingdom, and honestly, I am still shook and so grateful that she said yes to being on that joy. So friends, Let's open up our hearts, open up our minds, and welcome sweet Faith Yuri Cho to the podcast. All right, you guys. Faith is here. I am so excited Yay. to share this space with you, Faith. Um, fun fact, Faith and I have not yet met in person. So <laughs> this is just the Lord doing his work and divine mm -hmm. appointment after divine appointment leading to this moment. So mm -hmm. for those of you and even myself, I am so eager to know who is Faith and when and how did she find God? Yes, I am so happy to be here. Um, such a pleasure. And how did I find God? Well, I was not born into a Christian home, but ever since I was about six years old or so, there was just this 
cry for God in my heart. Um, I didn't, I never went to church. I had never heard about Jesus. Um, but I remember praying every night, God, if you're out there, um, I just want to get to know you. And, um, what ended up happening was my family and I, we went to a vacation and, um, I was sitting in the hotel room as my parents were packing. And I remember watching a gospel film and I remember asking my mother, who is that man? And she said, that's Jesus. And I was, and I, my response to that was, he sounds like such a great man. Like he, he, he looks like a, such a nice man. Right. Um, it's so crazy because that day afterwards, our car flipped over twice in the Nevada desert. Um, and there was just something that happened in the atmosphere. I feel where I just figured out God's name. And I feel like the enemy got so mad that I figured out God's name. I remember after we healed, um, I went to the library and I asked the librarian, do you have any books on Jesus? And she looked at oh. me like, oh my goodness, this child is asking me for books on Jesus. And she was like, you have to go to church. And so naturally I asked my mother to just drop me off at church. And it was just like a journey from there is just the me just going closer to God and God coming closer to me going closer to God, God, God coming closer to me, as was the promise in James 4, 8. And so um, I was saved when I was 16 years old. Um, and I started preaching when I was 19. And just step by step, following the lead of his presence, I am here where I am today. Wow, that is incredible. I love hearing people's stories of how God has just come into their lives. How old were you when you went into the library and had that moment. I was around six years old. Six years old? That yeah. is so sweet. I'm like <laughs> thinking about my nephews and at six yeah. years old, they were not doing that. I, it's it wild. Amazing. Yeah. it's wild. And it's funny because I immigrated to the U.S. when I was around three to four. I believe okay. it was four-ish. Honestly, it's all, it's like fuzzy at this point. Um, But I believe it was around four. And so even at that point when I was six, um, I mean, my English was still broken. I, you know, it, it, but there was just something about, um, that longing for God that we were just created with, Yeah, you know, and it just expresses itself differently with every person, right? Like I have oh. friends that are not believers and they try to reach the universe through the moon or through crystals or through vibes and, you know, uh, <laughs> rituals, right? Um, I think we were all born with this longing, um, and it's what we do with that longing during our time on earth that determines so much. Come on, we're going there. We are. Yeah. That, yep. This is the episode where we're going to go there. <laughs> Wait, where did you immigrate from exactly? Uh, from South Korea. Okay. And I moved to California. What part of California? Um, at that point, my first stop was Anaheim. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Uh -huh. I resonate a lot because my parents were the ones in the generation that did that same thing from the Philippines mm -hmm. they when they were about 18 years old to the Bay yeah. Area. So yeah. I just commend your parents and you yeah. and your strength because that is not an easy thing to do. Um, right. That's amazing. So now you are doing all the things. It's so cool mm -hmm. to see how God has taken you from that six-year-old faith into who you are and who you 
like how you get to speak into the world today. You're a pastor, a speaker, mm-hmm. an author. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that with given all of these different roles, it's not something where you're like, let me just go find a job on LinkedIn and do this. Right. You know, we're clearly called to do these things. Will you share with us the God story be- behind like, okay, you said you started preaching at 19. Is that right? How did yeah. that start? Yeah. I mean, I started preaching when I was 17, but then I started going into pastoral ministry at 19. I mean, honestly, there wasn't anything deep behind that. It was just once I was in, I was like, everything else was boring. I just (laughs) couldn't get into it. I was a pre-law major uh, with poli-sci, but I just couldn't quite get into it. My passion was just, I wanted to talk about Jesus. I wanted to live for Jesus. I, anything related to Jesus, that's what I wanted to do now. I mean, one could do all those other things still for Jesus, but for me, it was just, I just, I knew what I was created to do. Um, now I thought that was enough when I first started. I mean, I thought my passion and my faith (laughs) was all I needed until I started getting into ministry and I realized, wow, it could get pretty complicated. Mm. Um, being a woman, being a woman of color, being a young mom, being, you know, um, not even just a pastor, but also a pastor's wife. And so I just went on this, um, I don't know, at this point, like an 18 year journey of just navigating all those seasons. Um, and the only through line And all of it was just my friendship with Jesus. That was Mm -hmm. it. And so when people ask me for the formula, like what's the formula to being a female preacher? What's the formula to being a CEO of a nonprofit? What's the formula to being an author? I would say there is no formula. Like you just walk with Jesus and he will lead you step by step. He's not going to give you the full, a full blueprint. Mm -hmm. He's not going to give you a 10 year plan. He's going to give you directions for the day, directions for the season, directions for that week. He is, um, he's a lamp onto my feet. He's also a light onto my path, but he's also a lamp onto my feet. And so step by step, I walked with him. I mean, even things like the honor summit, which is the nonprofit that I run for Asian American women. I mean, that's not because I woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to start a nonprofit for Asian American women. It was a fruit of six months of prayer. Yeah, You know, I mean, I, this was after my fourth child, I was postpartum. I was exhausted. Um, I mean, four little children, um, under the age of, I don't even know, like five. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like you guys. Wow. It it was just a lot. And um, lot. that plus full-time ministry plus, uh, finishing seminary. Like it was like, it was just a lot. And I remember thinking to myself, well, I guess I'm just done. It makes no sense to do more things. Um, but I felt the Lord leading me into a season of fasting and prayer. And I remember he never asked me to start a nonprofit organization. What he did after six months was I woke up one day and I felt the Lord say, start a a woman's conference. Wow. To, To which I was like, I don't even know if I like women's conferences, you know, <laughs> at that time, at that time, I just didn't see the vision. I didn't know, like, I don't understand what, what the point was gathering women with women and telling women you're great. Like, I just didn't understand <laughs> why we would do that. But then um, out of obedience to the Holy Spirit, I would do it. And I realized, wow, these are all Asian American women that came. 
Wow. wow, there's something in that. There's a harvest ready for Asian American women, you know? And so it was truly just a step-by-step thing. The same thing with our church plant, same thing with the book. It was just following his voice in every season of my life. And after about a couple years of doing that, you look back and you're like, wow, God, you had the big picture already in mind. And it's not my responsibility to think about the big picture. My mm-hmm. responsibility is stewarding your voice each day. That's really good. There's so much that you just shared that I'm like, oh man, I want to dive in. There's so much that I want to know, but specifically even speaking to the decision of you being pre-law, like I just feel like there, there's a girl listening right now who's Mm -hmm. in that seat. And I've also, again, been there. I'm like resonating so heavily with you because I thought I was going to be an optometrist and that's just, I was like, yep, medical field. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to be doing. Right. It was in the middle of college, end of college, where I was Mm -hmm. about to have a degree in this thing that I didn't even want to do anymore, where I was like, God, I know you're not calling me to this. And it's something I can't shake. So I'd love to know just really briefly from you, like, I know it wasn't necessarily like a big moment, but Mm -hmm. could you help the girl who's trying to discern that voice a little bit clearer, Mm -hmm. what it looks like to let go of maybe what of something you expected or what your parents expected and step into what God literally said, come here, do this. Yes. Oh my goodness. This is this is, it could get rich. It could get rich. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Because I remember those seasons when I wrestled with that because, um, I mean, I had a very logical plan. I mean, I was already a Christian at that point and I was thinking, um, yeah, uh, make the bread (laughs) um, (laughs) and do big things for the kingdom of God. It was very logical. Um, you know, and I just thought, yes, I'm going to become a lawyer and I'm going to run things from a place of from a place of power, from my perspective, you know, um, that was the extent to the vision though. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I had a passion for the law. It was just, you know, I was like, well, it's something I could do and it makes sense, you know, and from this position, I will, you know, I will make a dent for the kingdom of God. You know, um, it's so interesting because oftentimes we make plans from a position of trying to make sure we're accruing power on our own. Mm. you know, like position, money, status, and thinking, oh, that's what God wants from us. When actually what the Lord wants from us is a yieldedness um, and a willingness to trust. And I would say what it looked like for me, there was almost zero assurance. And I didn't get a clear voice saying, okay, now step away from your your pre-law track and go into ministry. I didn't get that, to be honest. I actually wrestled with this deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember this one particular summer, the the thing that pushed me over the ledge and, and got me into ministry was just simply, you know what? I'm just going to give God a chance. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like. God never promised me faith, you're going to be running these ministries and you're going to be writing books. And like, you, God never promised me any of that. It's just simply, you know what, whatever I choose, you will be with me Mm. and I'm going to take this chance. I'm going to take a chance on you. And it's not a, hey, I'm going to throw myself at this and trusting that you'll make it successful. That's not it. It's to say that the faith walk is worth it Mm. with all its ups and downs, you know, to say that. Your grace will catch me even when I get it wrong. 
And I trust you in that, you know, Um, I trust you that even in the journey, um, it may not look like a straight line, especially for women. It does not look like a straight line. Um, And but even in that, even when I have uh, waiting seasons, backward seasons, um, failure seasons, even when I do that, I just I'm going to take my chances on your grace instead of my plans. It says in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Yeah. It, never, it never said plan really well and he will make your plan. Come path on. Straight. You know, it never said like, try really hard and be perfect and he will make your path straight. It simply just said, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. And that's what I did. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I did. Yeah. Wow. There is something so cool too about how God ends up using our yes. Like I think about who you are and how you show up. And I did a fair stock on your end. So of course, (laughs) as you do, and I'm like the way that you speak, there is a power and a fire behind Mm -hmm. you speaking. And I think it is so cool that God would say, Hey, Hey, I actually don't need Mm -hmm. you in the area of law. What I need is that fire Mm -hmm. in the church. I need that fire in, in, the Christian community to light them up. You know, you remind me so much of my pastor, Pastor Alex Seeley. I go to the belonging and like, Mm -hmm. you have that same fire in you too. And how God uses our yes, friends is everything. I mean, now you've got a new book and let's just talk about it for a second. It's called Experiencing Friendship with God, dropping October 17th. All the deets are in the show notes, y'all. So I'll share that down there, but I'd love to hear from you. What's the heartbeat behind this book and how did you know that God said faith you need to write on this you know yeah yeah absolutely um well this is just my life's message really um Mm. being all the way from that little girl who was just looking for God in the clouds uh, and having his voice lead me to where I'm at I feel like the thing about today is Christianity sells a lot of things in today's world. You know, there's a lot of perks to Christianity that even draws people towards the church. For example, they say, Hey, if you're a Christian, then you get this community, you get this calling, you get, you get to know your gifts and you have this destiny, right? He provides things. He does all these things. And, and we easily sell the works of his hands when actually the gift of the gospel is simply him, Mm. his presence. And the reason why people deconstruct, leave the church and um, get angry at the religion is because at the end of the day, as you go through the wilderness of life, all those things that are being sold to us are not worth it. It's really not because it'll, you know, that's not the point. The point of the gospel is our friendship with his presence. It's to know him intimately, authentically, and passionately. And when the purpose of your life is to know him in that way, to befriend his presence, then every season of your life will have deep value, even Mm -hmm. the wilderness. In your time of pain, you will know his comfort. In your time of failure, you will know his grace. In your time of weakness, you will know his power. And I did a deep dive into um, the study of the Israelites in the wilderness. And I was like, wait, why don't we live like this anymore? Like, why do we feel like we need Jesus plus other things? Mm -hmm. Like why, you know, since when did we begin to believe 
that his presence was not enough. When you see 40 years of proof where the Israelites were led and fed by the presence of God, like just the presence of God. Yeah. You know, it wasn't Moses. It was the presence of God that did it. And yet we live in a time where we're like, yeah, um, I will listen to podcasts, read books, talk to my pastor and talk to other Christians, but never once talk to God himself. Wow. And we wonder why we feel so spiritually dry. Mm. And we wonder why our lives don't look like the book of Acts. It's because we've completely discounted the actual gift of the gospel, which is his presence. And that's why I wrote the book. (laughs) Come on, that is needed. And I couldn't agree more with all of that. I think so much of what you're speaking to, to kind of segues into my next question of us just being a distracted generation. Like you said, there are a multitude of podcasts. You're plugging into one right now, which like, Mm -hmm. thankful you're here, but also how (laughs) often do we choose to press play on this before we press play on the voice of God by himself, you know? And we have Instagram and TikTok and all these updates Mm. of threads and reels and Mm. it goes on and on and on, you know? And then that's not even to say, thinking about streaming platforms, like Mm. I just had a second the other day where I was sitting here and I was like, every week they are literally dropping new episodes, new seasons on every single streaming platform, trying to fight for our attention. And it's kind of nuts. We're like Mm -hmm. this, like just bouncing around, looking at everything except God sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I've been in moments where I've definitely been distracted myself. So Mm -hmm. I'm just curious to know for you, how do you personally remain undistracted and what are the, some of the ways that you really tend to that relationship with God and that friendship with God? Yes. I love that question. Well, first I so get distracted. <laughs> Great. We're <laughs> not alone. Yes. Even, yeah. I mean, I wrote the book on friendship with God and I can tell you, I still go through seasons where I'm like, God, I'd rather watch this and I'd right. rather scroll than pray. And the thing about it though, and I think the difference between an immature Christian and a mature Christian is I don't allow the guilt and the pressure to keep me away. Mm. I just bounce right back. I don't waste time on dwelling on what I haven't done. I just run right back. Right. And if it's been, I mean, I, um, a couple weeks ago, I took my kids on to a, a beach trip and I didn't open up my Bible for four days. And I didn't, you know, and I remember after four days telling God, I don't feel it. I don't, I don't feel it. And I feel bad. I mean, I'm a pastor, right? Right. It's my profession. Like I should be doing this. Right. And I felt bad for a second. And then I remember catching myself and thinking, I'm not going to discount your grace. Mm. I am not going to ignore it because you fought hard and you died to offer this grace to me. So I'm going to receive it and I'm going to praise you and I'm going to run right back. Right. So and I think good. the thing about um, distraction is uh, we often get distracted because of our guilt with distraction. Right? Well, like, we get more distracted. Yeah. yeah. And then we start playing this narrative like, oh, I, I shouldn't pray when I don't feel like it. Or like, I don't want to be fake with God. Any reason that keeps you from just going to God is a lie, even if it sounds or feels righteous to follow it. Right. Yeah. And so just going right back, just going right back. And also knowing this. All right. 
Like, speaking of platforms, all these platforms, you know, Netflix, Hulu, like TikTok, Instagram, they're all, it's like this fight of come to me, come to threads and not to Twitter, come to me, come to me, like come to Netflix and not Hulu. It's always this clamoring of come to our platform, come buy into our thing, stream with us. Jesus being God is the only one that says, I went to you. Mm, I I go to you. I stay with you. So when it comes to um, struggling with your distraction, he's not saying run a million miles to get back to me. No, he says, simply acknowledge me. Mm. You go to God, not by running to God, striving to God, and, you know, doing all these things, flipping and turning for God. No, you simply acknowledge him because he never left. He's still with you. And the act of acknowledging him, shifting your attention. It's so simple. It's just shifting your attention, acknowledging the one that has remained with you. That's how you fight distraction. What you just said set somebody free because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that, There are so many people, and honestly, this goes back to like us being on these platforms, us plugging into a certain show, and then what ends up happening? We're comparing a bit. I think about living here in Nashville. Nashville is such a Christian-centered community, and I am so grateful for that because everywhere you go, I, y'all, I'm not kidding you. You go to any (laughs) coffee shop, somebody has their Bible open. It's nuts. It's so cool because I'm from the Bay Area in California. Mm -hmm. You never see that in the Bay. So it's really cool that we have that here. But what Mm. I also notice with that is that these kind Christians often talk about comparing themselves to the next Christian. Oh, Mm. she reads her Bible every day. She hops on Instagram live every week and she, she does this and she does that. And I don't do those things. So then therefore Mm. I'm not worthy of God's Mm. love or God's attention. And, and that is just a lie from the pit of hell, right? Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that you shared that you went to the beach and guess what? You probably experienced God with your children in a way that you never have before, but this mold of whatever, you know, Mm. Christians paint as far as what it looks like to lean in with God Mm -hmm. could have I don't know, just like robbed us of that time that we actually did have where it looked a little bit different. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that is just so good. I, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I often, um, hear too from people who write into that joy of a text community. And by the way, y'all could text me at any time the numbers in the show notes, but I love hearing how episodes are moving you. There are a lot of people who will sometimes reach out in a way of saying, Cece, I feel a bit lost. You speak Mm. so much to the wilderness Mm -hmm. um, in your content and in the Mm. book. I'm sure you unpack that a bit too, but a lot of people find themselves in this quote unquote wilderness season, waiting on God, waiting to hear from God, um, where they're not quite sure what to do. Curious to know, because I feel like you've mastered it um, more than (laughs) a lot, but what are like three tips? If you can give three tips to someone who's navigating that season right now, what would those three tips be? Yes. Um, Number one, I would say to really know your purpose. Mm. The purpose of the pro- uh, the purpose of the wilderness was not the promised land. And when you focus on the promised land, and if that's your obsession, 
then you'll always feel like you're waiting. When actually the purpose of the wilderness was a friendship with the presence of God. What I think is interesting about the wilderness is that um, if you look at number six, um, God gives this benediction that he told Moses, Aaron and his sons are supposed to give to the Israelites every day or, you know, on, on a regular basis, basically. Right. Um, and that blessing was the, you know, the, the prayer that we know the Lord keep you, his face shine upon you is, mm-hmm. you know, his light in his favor and all the, all those things. I think it's very interesting because that blessing never mentions the promised land. Mm. And that blessing was given on to the Israelites from the beginning of their wilderness journey, meaning they were never without the ultimate blessing. They weren't waiting. Mm. They were already with the purpose. The purpose was that friendship with his presence. And I think so often in the wilderness, um, we feel like God's not doing something that God is failing us or he's abandoned us simply because we live for that breakthrough. We live for that healing. We live for that provision. We live for the next job, the answered prayer, all all the promised land feels. (laughs) We live for all those things when actually the purpose of our lives is to befriend the presence of God. And you will forever feel like you're waiting unless you could acknowledge that first. So first, I would say to really align yourself with your ultimate purpose, right? Um, And two, uh, learn the simplicity of acknowledging him in all your ways. And this is not work. And and I know what it feels like to feel extremely stuck um, in the wilderness. Like, hey, I don't don't even have the strength to open up my Bible. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even have the strength to sing loudly to this song. That's okay. Acknowledge him when you're crying. Acknowledge him when you're angry. Acknowledge him while you're on your long commute, while you are um, changing your child's diaper. Like acknowledge him. And as you do, you will find that in the wilderness, there have been more miracles than ever in the promised land. Come on. You know, that was where manna was. That was where water from the rock was. That was where the pillar of fire, the pillar of smoke was. The miracle was just simply that God was with them, Mm. you know? And so and we experience that increasingly as we learn to not be afraid to just acknowledge him, even at our worst. And I think sometimes we refrain ourselves from going to him in the wilderness because we're like, well, He's going to tell me to forgive and I'm not ready to forgive. <laughs> you know, or, yeah. I'm angry. I'm sad. I don't understand him. I don't know if this is faith. No, even in that, just acknowledge him. Yeah. Just acknowledge him. And number three, you know, just have other people pray for you. Mm. If you can't pray for yourself, just be like, hey, I just text somebody and be like, hey, I'm in this place and I'm stuck. I would mm-hmm. love your intercession. You know, I'm reminded of the paralytic. You know, he got to where he was, that place of healing, that place of faith, because other people had faith where he did not have faith. His Mm -hmm. friends had faith for him. And so find somebody that could just pray for you in your season and help unlock the things that you yourself do not have the strength to unlock. 
That's so good. Y'all, those are like three applicable things that you can quite literally run with. And I love that you talk so much to the friendship with God, Mm -hmm. because I think so often, especially like the younger generation, if we've never grown up in the church or I, you know, don't have that kind of influence around us we can think of god which he is mighty and all of his ways and incredible and big you know and it kind of just is like beyond anything that you could ever think up but then you painting the picture of a friendship with god and how you just described like those three points i just think about the closest people that you have in your life where you have a good friendship with those people you're married right so even your husband like a good friendship with your husband with your spouse with your brother, with your mom, you Mm. just, you don't ever sit in a waiting with them. Mm, You mm -hmm. enjoy their presence now, right? Like I think about my best friends and I'm never like, oh, but next week we're going to go to the dinner. And right now we're playing this awesome game, but next week's the dinner. I'm like, no, no, we're (laughs) playing this awesome game right now. And I am, I'm here right now. And I am thankful and grateful right now where my feet are. Are. And I love that so much because we get to turn to God and view it in that same way, but even better, like even better, you know, and that, that just makes my heart kind of overflow in a million ways because that's, that's all that he wants is a friendship with us, you know? Mm-hmm. Thank you for yeah. sharing those tips. Absolutely. So powerful. Okay. The final question that I ask every guest on the show mm-hmm. is what does joy mean to you? Mm. Joy to me is peace. Mm. You know, I think um, joy, I mean, there's like a, and it's so funny because I'm actually, I've been writing on this and I've been studying it. Joy in the Bible, like renditions of it comes up over 400 times in the Bible. And it's always in relation to God. Um, it's never really without God and it's always separate from, um, like the hedonistic fleshly pleasures, um, and the happiness that we feel from that. Um, and it's always in connection with God. So for me, joy is just having that perfect alignment with God and having peace in that, you know, um, and just living my my best life in that, you know, um, like truth be told, right. I know how to have fun too. (laughs) I mean, like a lot of my topics that I like write and talk about, they're so serious, but fam, like I, I know how to have a good time, but it's not a good time unless I am fully confident in my alignment with God. And when I'm not fully confident in that, that is when even in the greatest earthly pleasures, I'm still struggling with depression or anxiety, you know, and those are definitely things that I struggled with growing up. Right. But it was in my confidence and being fully aligned with God where I was able to truly enjoy the joys of life. Yeah. That's really good. I love that. That is joy, y'all. So Faith, we have to know the book, the details. How can we continue to show up for you? I know people are like, that fire? We, I need more of that. Where can I find that? Will you just share with us all the deets? Yes. I mean, they could find me on Instagram at Faith Yuri Cho. Um, also, my website, 
has all the links for my book, um, faithyuricho.com and also shows like how to connect with me and, you know, all the resources and things like that. Um, I, my, my, my husband and I, we planted a church in Paramus, New Jersey, Mosaic Covenant Church, so they could find us there. Um, and yeah, and I also run the Honor Summit. Um, and you can find that on Instagram at the Honor Summit. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so, so much again for your time and your wisdom and sharing your heart with us. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, you guys, who else is like, whoa, I am running to her Instagram and I am going to follow her. And I'm also going to grab this book because I have a feeling that it's going to change my life and allow me to really grow my relationship with God. I mean, that's so much of who faith is and something that she shared that I loved so much was this idea of acknowledging God in all of our ways. I think something that surprised me the most about what she shared was her going on vacation, being a pastor, and not opening up her Bible. Like so many people would be like, oh my gosh, that is so blah, fill in the blank, right? On whatever opinions that might be an assumption there. But I think what is just so profound about what she shared was her honesty and vulnerability with how she seeks out a friendship with God and the things that help her as a pastor, as an author, as a mama, like all of these amazing titles, right? It just paints that, that visual of what it can look like. And, um, man, I, I just loved our conversation so much. If there was a certain part of this episode that you love to, man, I'd love to know what that part was. You can shoot me a text to the number in the show notes and I'm going to read that right now. It's 615-813-4813. And by the way, that's actually me who texts y'all back. So uh, thank you in advance for taking the time to let me know, converse with me, share new podcasts topics, all the things. Um, really, really grateful. If you're not following me yet on social, you can do that by following me at C Calbanero on Instagram and on TikTok. And you can follow that show the podcast too. Friends, if you have not yet subscribed, rated, or left a review for That's Joy, Oh man, oh man, it would mean the world if you took two minutes to go do that. It actually does wonders for podcasters all over and I am so, so grateful for your time and your efforts in making that happen. I'll never leave an episode without saying if you have even the smallest desire to meet the creator of the universe or... If you've already been saved but you aren't really free, I want to invite you to sit at the table of plenty with me and so many others. I'm telling you, there's an abundance here. There is an overflow here and there's just so much joy here. I'm here to tell you that God's for you. All you have to do is invite him into your heart right now. He's waiting for you. He wants to meet with you and friend, I'm so proud of you. If you just made this decision, I'd love to know you. Shoot me a text to that number in the show notes. I could pray for you. I love you. God loves you. And until next time, I'll chat with y'all next time. Thank you so, so much for being here.